How do people take care of their pets if they can't even take care of themselves? What about if a homeless person has um, animals? I'm a criminal investigator for the Oregon Humane Society, and I go by my nickname, which is Uli, U-L-L-I. I'm one of three investigators that uh, the Humane Society uses. You're listening to Rome School. This is a special episode in which I go looking for the answer to one of Dana's questions, and the whole show centers around a single encounter. The girls couldn't come with me on this one because it looked like it might be a little dangerous, but I talked to them about it before and after. Dana had asked, what happens to animals whose owners can't take care of them? And in order to really understand what happens to these animals and how it happens, Sharon Harmon at the Oregon Humane Society suggested that I go do a ride-along with one of their officers. This episode is about that ride-along. You're going to hear a lot of police radio in the background and a lot of bleeps as I keep the names of the subjects and their pets out of the show. Uli isn't wearing some cute little green volunteer's vest. That would be heroic in itself. Instead, she wears a bulletproof vest, packs a pistol and mace, and has the authority to arrest and issue search warrants vested in her by the state of Oregon. In this unique arrangement, she works for the Humane Society, but because Oregon's animals have rights, and because of the excellent legal work of the Oregon Humane Society staff, Yuli's beat consists of beaten animals and neglected ones, and all creatures who are living under circumstances that are inhumane. Largely, her job is to help all animals to have a life that conforms to something called minimal care standards. What exactly are these standards of care that animals have a right to? The basic rules are codified, and there are laws. Sufficient food, quality food uh, that allows them to maintain weight and maintain health. They need to be provided with proper shelter. They need to be provided with uh, veterinary care when necessary. And so uh, if uh, they're having dietary issues, skin issues, um, things that you cannot easily resolve in a short period of time, then that means that you need to seek appropriate care, and that would be contacting a veterinarian and doing what's necessary. We always want to try and keep the pets in the family. Uh, We don't want to break up families and their pets. But if the family is not able to provide the minimum care standards, then we have to get involved to encourage them to do so. If they cannot or they refuse to, at that point, we have to pursue it as a criminal charge. One happy outcome is when people recognize that they're not cutting it as owners of living property, which is not always the case. But Yuli has this rare skill that you'll see in the encounters that she has during this episode. It's incredible to watch her work because... She's clearly one of the most dedicated animal lovers that you'll ever meet. But her superpower, her patience, and her her skills lie in dealing with people. It's a job that I have to take extremely seriously. This changes people's lives. The interaction that I may have with them could ultimately mean that they get issued a citation to appear in court 
they could serve jail time. There could be some very uh, stringent fines involved. This isn't a game. This is this is very serious. And so, You're wearing a firearm and you have a bulletproof vest on. I, I do. The unfortunate thing is anyone that is going to be doing an investigation on someone else's property, you have the potential of running into somebody that could get very angry. Oftentimes we're dealing with people that have mental illness issues. There are times when people are not extremely happy to see us. Uh, I had one that got angry and started throwing furniture through walls. And the firearm, the taser are things that are necessary to carry that we hope we never ever have to use. You have a certain amount of people who make poor choices and trying to convince them to change their attitude on what they're doing, a lot of times you have a certain percentage of people that will just refuse. And that's when you have to put some pressure on them to do the right thing. The first hurdle is identifying the abuse. That's the first place where things can get complicated. And that's what I get to watch today. So we're looking at a list of your calls of those ongoing open cases. We have anything from a critical incident, meaning we need to respond right now, to a major incident, which is we got to respond within the same day. And then we have secondary incidents, which are we are expected to get there within a two-day time period to check it out. And then uh, and the lowest on the scale would be a minor incident. Uh, and that could be, you know, somebody walked out, their dog came out of the house, they got angry at it, and they swatted it to make it go back inside the house. It looks like about 25 or so cases that are currently open that you're paying attention to. They, Correct. Ranging from sick, neglected, uh, no shelter, thin, physical abuse, uh, sanitation, things like that are flashing on the screen, and then there are sort of various descriptors that help you determine how quickly you need to attend right. to these. So if I pull up um, this particular case number, so we will drive out there today and see if I cannot make contact. Um, th this is basically, there's supposed to be a uh, medium-sized brown or black Labrador-type dog. The report she's looking at says that a delivery person had called in saying that there was a dog on site with a severe injury to its eye that definitely needed a vet's attention. We don't know whether the animal is already being provided with medical care from a veterinarian. They have to do that. It's a minimum standard requirement. If they do not follow through with that or if they would prefer to surrender the animal because they cannot deal with it, then that's the discussion I, I will have with this person or with this family. Today, if they're home. If they're home. Hopefully we'll be able to get them to answer the door and then I can get eyes on that dog to determine what's really going on. And here's where I learned in our first encounter here about the incredible range of carrots and sticks in Uli's toolbox in which she uses everything from Jedi mind tricks to the long sinewy arm of the law to make a better life for these animals. You know, can I work with you? Let's just see the dog, see what the concern is. And if it's an issue where the veterinary care is just out of the range that you can pay, we can offer that you surrender the animal to us and the Humane Society will take all responsibility for that animal from this point forward. And then once the animal has healed, then it is offered up for adoption. Animals, are they individuals with rights like you and me or are they our property? So it's kind of unique, right? Is there anything else that is an individual with rights 
but it's also property? Um, your kids, I mean, maybe. DHS, Department of Human Services, will have similar issues with people and their children. This is, this is my child. Uh, I'm doing the best that I can, but I just can't provide. Well, let's see how we can get involved with your family to assist. And if you are able to follow through with our assistance, because we're offering medical, we're offering this, we're offering you counseling care, whatever's necessary to, to remedy the problem, if they're willing to follow through, that's fantastic. If they're not willing to follow through, then they have a lot of the same rules that we do for our pets, as if you cannot provide the minimum care, then we are going to remove that, uh, you know, that child or that pet from your care to make sure that uh, it gets everything that it needs. We pull up and we stop a few houses from where she thinks the subject lives. We don't have an exact address for sure, but she's been to the house and she's heard a dog barking inside and she thinks this is the one. Yuli signals for me to not slam the door. It's helpful sometimes if they don't see you coming, she says. But right away she flags down a neighbor. Can I ask a quick question? Who amazingly tells us the dog's name and where she lives. Walking up to the house, we see a Harley, a couple of derelict cars, and a little girl's bike. visual or if there's any type of officer safety concerns. If a child is involved in knowing that an animal um, is sick and is not being provided proper care, if the child actually recognizes that, it can actually bump the crime up into a higher level crime because that is an indicator that you're teaching the child that you don't have to follow through and provide care. Out of the corner of my eye, Ollie, got somebody back there. I see a flash of blue, and I realize that somebody's standing behind the mobile home. Don't be careful. She is a very, very, very temperamental dog. Are you temperamental? She actually has nipped. She's nipped at my little girl. She's nipped at a few people. She's not really the nicest dog in the world. You're such a good girl. She's just so cautious because she knows she's kind of like a bad little dog. I I love her to death. I just don't like how her little temper comes out at times. Dogs are funny that way. They are, and I've just realized with small dogs, they all just kind of have their little personalities. Yeah. So you said you have you have a daughter? I do, actually. How old is your daughter? My little girl is actually nine. Nine years old. Unfortunately, wow. her birthday is tomorrow. So, so question, I'm noticing that both of them are kind of dealing with some skin issues, too. Are we having some flea yeah, To be honest, I'm on? not exactly sure what it's from. We thought that it was a while ago. Did she got into, like, a loaf of bread. I mean, it sounds weird, and they were having, like, an issue with the yeast, and then uh, uh-huh. somebody told us that it could be, like, a mange thing. Let's pause here. This sounds like a friendly exchange, but there's 
much more going on. I'm not using the real names because I want to be discreet. Let's call the brown lab Betty. She has a large spherical growth on her eye that's oozing blood all over. It's about the size of a small orange and completely blocks her vision. She's sweet and wiggly and obese and has no fur whatsoever on her upper hindquarters. Same with the little dog, the second dog you heard come in there, who we'll call Fester. I'm not too sensitive in the olfactory department, and I'm pretty immune to bad dog smells. But here the stench is pretty bad. Sickening, yeasty brown haze that hangs in the air, even outside the mobile home on the porch. The, the thing with the itching has just been recent? In, in probably the past year and a half. Okay. Two okay. years, maybe. Well, tell you what, are they on any flea medication right now as far I as getting... We bathe them and stuff like that. We have a shampoo that we use on them. Okay. They, the vets did recommend a while ago. Okay. Uh, flea medicine is incredibly expensive. For large dogs, upwards of 20 to 30 bucks a month. But left untreated for two years? Well, you can see the pictures on our website. Uh... I actually have a bunch of extras in the car that I can get okay. for you if you guys would like to. Uh, yeah, like to no, put that I, on it would them. definitely be one of those things. Like, okay. I well, mean, what I'm what I'm no. going to do is, if it's okay with you, I'd like to take some pictures of the dog, showing that yeah, we got some itchies. So I just take a photo of what the dog looks like, and then get a photo of of his eye, okay. so that we just kind of have that as a base. Okay. And then I'm going to check back with you periodically to see how it's going and okay. how it's going with the vet. Um, I may be able to come up with some options depending on what your funding is like. And that's kind of with the whole you know, surgery, the whole like surgery reduced budget. I like, might yeah. have some other options as far as some organizations that may be able to assist if you fit their criteria. Understandable, yes. Okay, so I can get you one of those brochures. That way you can give them a call and find out. And then what I'll do is just check, um, find out which veterinarian is is currently seen yes. and uh, and find out what the is. prognosis is over the next couple of weeks on, on what's going on with that but let me get a few photos first okay. it's amazing to hear how matter of fact this all seems i'm burning inside at these people uli's manner is so calming and helpful that we've actually been invited inside and are photographing the animals Sit. There Good set. Oh, and it looks like we got some toenail <laughs> stuff going on, too. Yeah, they're a little on the long side. Uh, my dad's been a little Good scared. Girl. The toenails have actually curled around and over each other. They're they're crossed, and they're curling back up into the paw. Okay, like so she's she getting is, to be an old girl. She is. Like, we've had her, we've had her for a while. Let's get, a, let's get a picture of your butt there. Yeah. And the other dog, Fester, has been keeping her distance, cowering. I would say, but also laying in the sun across the yard. No, she she's one of those ones that she uh, she is a real sweetheart, but she just I guess she has anger issues. Like she has her little moments where she gets very territorial and very big dog. I'm trying to keep a neutral face as I try to imagine anger issues in a Chihuahua. We walk back to the car. Ollie unlocks a large medicine drawer in the back. It's an organized supply of basic meds and first aid. Notice the approach is always to be friendly and helpful. Um, obviously, our goal is to do what is best for the animal and try to get that done in the quickest amount of time possible. So I will be verifying whether or not the dog actually has gone into the vet. 
If it has, we'll find out from the vet when the next appointment is scheduled. If they don't make that appointment, I will then be back to do some more follow-up. Ooh, that eye. You smell the yeast, the whole house smells yeah. like yeast. That's hard to see. It's really hard to see that. that. You know, it, it, it's one of those things that you can't be showing emotion or shock when you're seeing these things because then it, it starts agitating them. Right. Um, so it's always a matter of trying to be as non-judgmental as possible when you're seeing these issues mm -hmm. and then just hoping that we can help them expedite getting the care for the animals. Yes. And then if they refuse to follow through, that's when you start having the issues of now we're going to have to look at this as a crime right? and uh, go from there. This would be a neglect situation. Yes. Clearly. Yes, absolutely. That should have been seen a long time ago. So this kid that we're dealing with, this, this man, he's the middle generation of a large family living in a mobile home. We don't know where he stands exactly or what power he has to care for these animals. She gathers the flea meds, three months' worth for the two dogs, and another three months for a cat she noticed outside. We walk back and we give the man the meds. Three and then three. Thank you for spotting him to the right. I didn't see him. I thought I looked. I didn't see him. Amazingly, when we get back to the porch, she gets him talking even more about the situation, all aspects of it. I'm going to leave my business card with my telephone number and my okay. email in case, you know, Dad has any questions yeah, as, you know, I guess. as to why I was out. And No, I think he's just, my dad, he's kind of, um, let's say, uh, confused at the moment. He just got out of like a 30-year divorce and stuff. Oh, and dear. He's just, oh, dear. He's too busy for his own good. <laughs> let's just put it that way. Do you know about how long has been dealing with uh, with the eye issue? Um, I would say it has progressively gotten worse probably over the last three months. Three months or so. Okay. Yeah, I mean probably four. Yeah, well, and I know how those things go. They start out small, and then... well, and that was the thing. It just started out kind of as like a little bump, and then it's—I hate saying it. I mean, she scratched it one good time and kind of broke it open, mm -hmm. and then. It just kind of from there, it's just kind of progressively gotten worse. Well, this is my cell phone number. If I don't answer it, okay. just have him leave a voicemail message, and then okay. I will get back in touch. But, uh, yeah, my, my ultimate goal here is just to make sure that, uh, you know, everybody's going to be getting the vet care that they yes, need. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, obviously, I would have liked to have seen get in a lot earlier than oh, this. Oh, yes, no, but, I believe you know, me. If, hey. uh, you know, if it is being taken care of with a veterinarian, that's fantastic. Yes. She then counsels the man on how to use the meds and how to flea bomb the house and gives him pointers on care for the animals and how to reach out for help before we leave. Pleasure meeting you and just let your dad know that I'll be checking in periodically to make sure that, uh, you know, we get the vet care that's needed. Yes, no, definitely. All we'll right, do it. I appreciate it, it, sir. Yes. Come here, girl. She doesn't like being called inside. Oh. I know, right? She's like, oh, I'm being punished. Come on. All right, Roll you take care. You too. Thank you very much. Bye. When we get back to the car, I ask about the little dog, Fester. Do you think the gets her butt kicked by angry dad every once in a while and acts like that? Yeah, I think. Maybe. You know, and that's the frustrating thing is... 
you don't want to be lecturing people on things that you are perceiving unless you have some pretty good grounds for it. But you know, if I come back out and I, you know, and I talk with dad, I may, you know, hey, you know, I'm kind of noticing that uh, he seems a little skittish. Um, you know, is, is there an issue where maybe she has misbehaved and maybe, you know, has been physically reprimanded? What, what kind of ways, if she does something wrong, what, what type of uh, means, you know, does your family use to correct her? Sometimes they'll, they'll tell you, yeah, when she does this, I just haul off and, you know, give her a boot. Wow. Uh, you quite know, an admission. Uh, there are people that don't perceive that as being inappropriate. And so some of it is an education process that you realize that physically injuring, you know, an animal, if you're giving it a swift boot across the living room, could end up injuring her. And if you do that, it's actually a crime, you know, and that's called abuse. It's a misdemeanor and or felony, depending on how serious it is. So how about if we offer some alternatives? Mm-hmm. Here are, here's information about classes that you can take um, that, you know, can help you with trying to find alternatives to physical reprimands. So this question again. Are animals individuals with rights, or are they property? Um, both. They can kind of do what they want, but we also have to make sure that they do it rightly like they're our property. So we're the bosses of them? Kind of. How much responsibility do you think we have to keeping them happy and healthy? Lots. Because they're our pets. We don't have any responsibility of taking care of our cars or our lawnmowers or our television sets, do we? It is our responsibility to take care of those other things, too. But with pets, if you don't take care of your pet, you can have your pet taken away from you. If you don't take care of it, you can actually go to jail. You can? How can she tell if you're not being good to animals? We're not saying that the animal is at the same level as a human being, but these are all sentient creatures that in the state of Oregon, the state decided that absolutely animals that are in your care, that you are required to provide them with minimum standards, food, shelter, veterinary care. Some people still perceive animals as, well, they're not sentient beings and it doesn't matter because they don't have emotions, they don't feel things like humans do. They have pain sensors, they can be miserable if they're sick or injured. This small percentage of people still have that old attitude uh, that this is my piece of property and I can do with it whatever I want. And that's not the case. These are the attitudes that end up going to trial. So once the cruelty or neglect or inhumane living situation has been identified, then begins the process of negotiations and eventually legal action, prosecution. Because the minimum standards are just words on a page in a book of laws, they're often up for interpretation by judges and lawyers and just regular people. Here's a question. If you're like me and 
you've got issues that keep you from going to the dentist, for example, that means something. But what if you don't take your cat to the dentist? Cats are horrible for that. People don't take their cats into the vet to have their teeth cleaned. And by the time the cats start getting to be older, if their teeth had not been consistently cleaned, let's say every you know two years at least, tooth problems can cause a whole myriad of other health conditions. Infections in the gums, abscesses, infections can move from there to the brain, to the heart, to, to the lungs. And so most people don't look at, uh, at, at teeth cleaning as being that important, but in the whole scheme of things, um, having a healthy animal means that their teeth are also not full of tartar because the tartar build up then cause infections in the gums and then it just snowballs from there. Now, if you listen to the last couple episodes um, and my commentary about cats, you might be surprised to hear anything in this show in which I'm advocating for taking your cat to a dentist. But I guess I'm what they call woke or enlightened on the issue of cats and their teeth. Cats have 30 teeth, kittens have 26 teeth, and the field of cat dentistry has only been around since the 1980s, but they've discovered that it works, and that dental health is a huge component of your pet's health. So when you're given the opportunity by your veterinarian to give your pet a better life by having its teeth looked at, think of Rome Schooled. And if that weren't enough about cats on this show, there's a guy coming up for whom I never imagined myself having compassion. And yes, he has a lot of cats. So we're going out to see a man who is living with... He's down to 23 he's cats? He's down to 23 cats. And he what, had what had an upwards of 35 when I first started uh, contact with him. And what we've been trying to do is get him to surrender a majority of the cats so that we could find them all good homes and keep him with a very small minimum of three to five cats. Um, I would prefer that he only have two, but trying to get someone who has this affinity for wanting to have a large amount of pets around him at all times uh, trying to get him convinced that he needs to do what is going to be the best care for his pets would be to lower his numbers. And trying to work with him over the last few months, um, I have gone in and found uh, kittens that were in very poor condition because of the upper respiratory. Uh, their eyes are, are all gooped over. Uh, because they're know, breathing each other's they're, ammonia. They're breathing ammonia all day. But from their pee. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you have a buildup of, uh, of urine and feces and that's not cleaned consistently, the ammonia is going to build up and then that's going to permeate everything inside the trailer. Uh, and you can literally walk into it as if you walk into a wall. You can smell it from outside. So he lives in a trailer? Yes. It's a 23-foot, I think, travel trailer. He's uh, a very entertaining character, to say the least. Is he going to be happy to see you? Um, we've, been, <laughs> we've been working. He's, he's surrendered about eight cats to me so far. 
What I am trying to make happen is get him to agree that I will stop past next Friday because I have to schedule this ahead of time with the Humane Society. If he's willing to surrender seven more of the cats, I will then in turn help get 10 that he wants to keep. I, we've settled on 10. Then the 10, I will schedule appointments to have altered at the Humane Society for free so that we don't have another breeding session between his cats and then have him uh, bring the numbers right back up again within a couple of months. Wow. So it would seem to me, and I haven't met this man yet, that he maybe has a mental illness, something akin to hoarding. Is there, there a name? I can't say for sure. I am not a psychologist, but just indicative of the experience around hoarding individuals that I've had in the past... Um, he very likely has some mental health issues. Um, he does not want help that is offered. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's very stubborn. He's a very proud man. If he is able to get a handle on keeping the place clean enough that ammonia is no longer an issue, then having him keep the 10 cats is fine. We arrive at the intersection of two rural highways where several travel trailers are grouped around a central double-wide trailer. And there's a woman out in the parking lot waiting for us in the center. Is he in the prowler over there? He's, yeah. So we'll chat with her real quick. You're welcome to come out on this and then we'll see. Okay. This woman has been helping out with the negotiations because she wants fewer cats on the premises. Anyway, what we're going to do is just check in with him and let him know that next, next Friday, Friday was the first time that I can schedule to get the kitties. And so uh, if he could have those ready for me, I know he always says, well, you know, three in the afternoon. No, I want him by 11 a.m. Okay. Dang. There he is. How's it going? Did I see you in uh, Oregon City yesterday? Uh, I was in Oregon City yesterday. I'll bet I'll pass you. Uh, you probably did. Because yeah. you were coming this guy was going that way. Uh, He's really friendly. He looks about 62, but ravaged. He stinks in a way that I've never experienced a human stinking before. It doesn't smell human at all. He's covered with cat hair, and his clothes all sort of blend into one color, the brown-gray fade that covers him. He's wearing a leather and cat hair hat. Anyway, here's, here's the deal I was able to set up. Um, the kitties that you're going to surrender so that you keep your 10. Oh, I, I wanted to keep 12 because they're brother and sisters. Because I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you on how many you can keep, but here's gonna be the dilemma. Okay, right. as far as I'm concerned, ten is too many for that small of a trailer. Okay, but I will come back out and we'll do some inspections. If you can oh. let me in so I you can show me that the ammonia issue is taken care of and that none of the kitties are sick, no upper respiratory problems no drainage from the eyes, well, I will have to come back out to make sure that whatever everything Whatever you have is good. to be, we'll, we'll just float with it. I got, mm -hmm. Let's right now, i got some kittens to surrender. Okay. Some babies are, or I'd say, two weeks old. Okay. Two, so two so they're still old. nursing on mom. Right. Okay. Is mom one of those that you're wanting to surrender? No, it's one I want to keep. Okay. I so they need to get their nourishment, but we also need to make sure that they're not getting upper respiratory. Mm. So... 
a couple of weeks from now, I'd like to come check on them and make sure that they don't have any upper respiratory problems. Fine. Okay. I got no problem with that. Okay. As long so, as like, you know, they, they still, you know, flip right, and fry. Right. Right. Okay. Right. What we're going to do is I'm going to come back next Friday. Right. At 11 a.m., thereabouts. Okay. Okay. If you can have the cats that you're willing to surrender, I think there were like seven of them, right? I got rid of. There's, Actually, there was. There's, there's four kittens. Or okay. Six kittens. Okay. I had two come back to me. Right. Then For they one came reason back. or another, they didn't like them. Yeah, it didn't they work out. They came back. Or whatever. Right. But I ended back with them. Okay. So are those kittens still here now? Yes. Do you want me to take those now? Um. I would. They're, their mamas are not there. They're old enough to be off they're the babies. They're old enough. I can yeah, they're, they're, I they're, 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 I, got, I got two with, right now. They're eating on their own. They're, okay. They're, well, if you want well, me to take them today, let's do that. And okay, then I'll, on Friday, um, you I still will... still want to come in? And, yeah, if I can come, come in, on. that would be great. Is it all right if he follows along? He's, he's, uh, he's I'm my learning. observer today. He's learning. Well, you more, you guys? It's okay. I mean, it's... We stay outside, and I get to be useful for a second as I'm handed a kitten. How many are you going to take at one time? Well, I'm hoping to take all of the ones that you're willing to surrender on right. Friday. Well, I have three males left. Okay. That's give it take. Three. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, that, that need to be fixed. Right. Now. What happened to the fourth one? Is that one that went out to the farmland? Okay. I wanted to keep so bad. Uh-huh. And they I fell let, in love with it? I let it go. Oh, good for you. And go, oh, I don't want to do it. And then. But well, you know who he's with, though? Right. And you know how many acres he's got? And that shop that he's living in is bigger yeah, than this whole property. This property would probably love in the freedom of the outside. It was in a big, huge barn. Yeah, wow. This barn, you could take over half this property and stick it in it. That's fantastic. Well, let's let's see but about getting the two kitties, if, if there's two that can go with me today. Hi, sweetheart. Oh, let's get these guys in the car As we carry them out to the car, Uli pauses to talk to the neighbor lady. But thank you so much for helping talk to him. Well, I just told him, do you really? I said, how are you supposed to guard your baby if you go to jail? <laughs> the kitten's eyes are all half swollen shut and oozing, and they're sneezing and coughing. I can tell you these two both have upper respiratory, and their eyes are all nasty. They've well, got they, goop they, coming out, and that's well, they, because of the ammonia in there. Well, they, like I said, they come back for one reason or another, and the guys... So, did these guys have names? Um... Fluff. Fluff is the gray one? Yeah, Fluffy's the gray one here. Fluffy. And I what's the baby. name on the other one? I thought it was called Little Sweetheart. But little Sweetheart? Little Sweetheart. All right. Yeah. My sweetheart. <laughs> my baby. I know you know something's up, don't you, Sweetheart? It's going to be okay. No They're doubt. They're going to get good. Huh? How'd you come to like cats so much? How'd come to such a special relationship? Uh, a special relationship with that? I love animals. It yeah. just didn't make a difference. It was horses, cat, dog. It didn't make any difference, really. Kind of hard to keep a horse inside your prowler, so... <laughs> well, I'll try to keep one in. <laughs> and not a miniature, either. <laughs> great kitten. Yeah, we did that one year. White, we uh, white and we got a Christmas gift. We brought it to my one of my kid daughters. Brought it right through the house. Oh, yeah, white little pony. You go, clunk, clunk. It, it was just a big... On some level, I feel like I'm walking through an orphanage. So many people needing help, and more help with their animals... My impression is that this challenge from Oli is the best thing to happen to his cats, for sure. But also, from my perspective, it's the best thing that could possibly happen to him. So there's the receipt okay. showing that I have custody of the two kitties. Yeah. And so we're going to get them. Uh, they're going to go up front with us when we drive because I okay. want them in the air. Yeah, I, I, when they come to me, they were worse than 
But you see now. Yeah. They're, well, per- they're perked up. But yeah, not- they, they definitely need some antibiotics, and there's yep. some stuff going on. The vets will take care of that. And so I will be back out next Friday around 11 a.m. Then we'll start talking about when we're going to get the kitties in to get them all altered. So got- we will make sure they get really good homes, and I will see you next Friday. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you go inside my trailer? No, nope, not yet. You want me to? Yes, come all on. Right, we'll do that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> You said I you wanted to come in. I mean, I know it. Oh, I, what I wanted to see. Okay, well, like I got to say, much, much better. Much I better mean, than the last time. I mean, it's still, we still got some ammonia stuff going on, but, but it, it looks better. Well, thank you for the compliment. But yep. The yep. next time you come in, it'll be one more step even better. That yeah. will be fantastic. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> come on, sweetie. Keep staying. Stand. Come on. Come on. All right. Well, I will see you. Have a good weekend, and I'll see you next Friday. I sure will expect you. All right. You take care. Thanks. Okay. Do you know anything about goats? Uh, a little bit about goats. 70% better than what it was last time. Couldn't breathe in there. Yeah, and that was nothing. No ventilation whatsoever. Yeah, that was nothing in comparison to what uh, what it was before. Oh, that's astounding. It, it, is it a surrogate family for a person like that, do you think? or? Uh, I think so. Um, Talked to his daughter a little bit. You know, the unfortunate thing, there are a lot of very lonely people that have minimal contact with people in the community. A lot of times that probably is why their pets are so important to them. That's their family. It's something for them to take care of, something that appreciates them something that purrs and likes to be pet and it makes makes him happy Um, you know the frustrating thing is just when you get a person who does not understand what is my limit I have explained to him you have kitties here that are sick you need to take them to the vet no no my kitties are fine there's nothing wrong with my kitties Basically, I mean, they they know something's wrong, but if they can minimize it, it helps them justify what they're doing, I guess. If I can get him lowered down to 10 from 40, that's an extreme loss for him to have that many cats that, that he considered his family are now not in his care. We have the two kittens in the back seat. They smell up the car so much that I've rolled the window down. Hi, Veronica. It's Uli. Oh, what what you got? Okay. Oh, terrific. With the head still sticking out half buried. And where is this? Okay, well, um, I just went out to check with uh, uh, our gentleman in the travel trailer with all the cats. He knows that I will be out next Friday to pick up all the cats that he's willing to surrender, um, so he will have them ready for me. But while I was there, he had two kittens uh, that have upper respiratory, so I talked him into surrendering the two. So I have two kittens in tow. The previous kittens from him had ringworm. I'll be dropping them off, hopefully within the next uh, 35 to 45 minutes. I'll give you a call uh, right before I pull in. Okay, thank you. Bye.
Veronica just radioed something in to Oli. The neighbors say that a horse that looked really bad over the winter apparently is deceased. It's out in the field, half buried. And so I need to go out and uh, contact the owners, try to find out what the circumstance is, determine if there's any other animals on the property that may not be uh, provided with minimum care, and we'll have to evaluate it and go from there. Half buried? Uh, yeah, half, bur half buried. Sounds <laughs> the head's still sticking out. <laughs> so apparently they could not dig the hole deep enough, and if you don't have the proper equipment to dig a big hole, how are you going to get that heavy of an animal um, in the ground? So, uh, yeah, I'll have to check on that and see if people want to talk to me about what happened to the horse. We're driving around out in the rural parts of the counties, so there's a lot of time to think on these roads. I'm thinking about how different my life is from the guy on the prowler or the guy with the dog with the growth on its eye. The human animal has quite a range. I try to discuss everything that I saw with Dana and Vern after the ride-along, and I get to ride around with her all day long. No fair. Why not? Because I want to do it too. It's not exactly a safe thing for kids to do. Mm. How? Well, a lot of the people who don't take care of their animals, maybe they have mental health problems, or sometimes people even use their animals to fight for sport. Have you heard of dog fighting? No. There are people who fight their dogs, and they bring their dogs to these events called dog fights. Are they illegal, though? Yes, they're illegal. But people do it for sport. And also, there's a thing called cockfighting, where chickens fight, or roosters fight. How can roosters fight? They do. They're very belligerent towards one another if they're prompted to do so, if they're put into the situation uh, that these people put them into. Roosters fight, and it's called cockfighting. But our society has decided that that's not going to be acceptable, so there are, are legal consequences. I wonder how some people would feel about some of these issues of property and how it affects the autonomy of the property owner to have such responsibilities. And I think about it relative to the other types of owner responsibility that we've visited on this show, like gun ownership. People respond differently to the minimum care laws that we've mentioned. And they respond differently because they have radically different life experiences. Some of us come from a place of privilege, and some of us come from a place of extreme, desperate need, in which we have pets because we badly need companionship. And a lot of the time, people don't think of the amount of resources that it takes to keep an animal healthy and happy. So fortunately, there are resources. One of the things that the Humane Society passes out, in addition to medicine and advice, is a pamphlet from a nonprofit called PAW Team, the Portland Animal Welfare Team. Other cities have this as well. It's a nonprofit that helps alleviate suffering and keeps pets and people together by providing free or discounted veterinary care. Check it out at pawteam.org. But remember that that's a starting point. What Uli finds all too often is that even people with resources have radically different ways of approaching things. Within our species, we are freakishly different than each other, as evidenced by our elections, or our taste in music, and how we treat other creatures. 
Maybe my favorite of Uli's stories is this one. She's part of a team seizing 240 large exotic sick birds from a bird hoarder. The officers are all transferring these birds in their cages into big moving trucks to transfer them to a warehouse behind the Humane Society. And in all the deafening chaos, Uli has this encounter. Often these birds have, have picked up a lot of human voices, so they will. some of them actually can talk. And uh, there was one in particular that I picked up the cage and the bird ran over leaning right up against the cage to look at me just inches from my eyes and he said as loud as he could what kind of bird are you and uh, <laughs> there was another one that as we went to close the door on the truck the transport truck just as we were getting ready to leave the door came pulling down and the bird yelled very loud and distinct bye bye so uh yeah it was uh, it was pretty cool You have been listening to Rome School. Thanks for listening. Please visit our website and consider getting involved. Drop us a line, make a donation, tell a friend. Any little thing helps. I write and produce the show with a ton of help from Lydia Ritchie in Philadelphia of the Pod Clubs. Hey, by the way, if you're looking for a way to navigate the gazillion podcasts out there, check out thepodclubs.com. Ben Landsberg, who is truly of the ether, makes the music with me under the name Wonderly. Alexis Kenyon is associate producer, and of course, Dana and Vern. For this episode, I want to thank Sharon Harmon and Uli Nitsch. They are, respectively, the executive director of the Oregon Humane Society and our fantastic ride-along host. Remember to brush your teeth and brush your cat's teeth. The resilience of these animals, when we're able to remove them from such horrible conditions, uh, it just amazes me how many of them, after all of these horrible things, are still so desperate for people's attention. They just want to be loved.